Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. Today, I have Brittany here who is coming on for the second time to share with us how to create and sell a physical nutrition or a physical food product. So Brittany's actually in the process of creating her own kombucha product right now, and she's kind of in the moment of creating it right now. So we're actually going to chat through the idea that uh, Brittany had for her kombucha product, um, the financial investment to actually create a product, how she's going to create this, you know, where she's going to do this in a commercial kitchen her own kitchen. We're going to dig into all of that. And then how she's sourcing materials to get this product on shelves. So really, we're going to talk part one of getting this set up. And I'm going to have her come on again. um, When fingers crossed, everything (laughs) goes through. And she can talk about actually getting this product into stores and uh, selling it and, and growing the business. So before we get started, let me just tell you a little bit about Brittany. So Brittany from Holistic Brit Nutrition is a Bachelor of Science degree holder registered holistic nutritionist and personal trainer who helps women bring the zest back into life by creating lasting healthy nutritional habits, support stress, and eat to ease anxiety without fad diets. And like I mentioned, she is shifting a little bit to also include um, kombucha. I know that's something you've done in workshops and you've taught Mm -hmm. a lot about, but um, creating this physical product, I believe, is something new that you've never done before. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on a second time. I love our conversations. Um, But yeah, you know what? When I started my nutrition business, I had this list of things, like a checkbox of things I wanted to accomplish. And some of them were super simple, like publish 10 blog posts. Mm -hmm. And some of them were really big, like sell a physical product. Um, Specifically in my mind was kombucha. Um, and so this has been something that's been on my list, um, for quite some time as I've been in business for a little over two years now from my nutrition business. Um, it's, uh, it's been certainly a journey to get this kombucha business off the ground. And I'm really excited to chat with you more about that. Same. I did mention to you before we press record that this is something I get a lot of questions about, but also something I'm personally really interested in because like I mentioned to you um, earlier, it almost feels insurmountable. Like it feels like a huge project. Me as like an outsider being like, okay, how do you even get started? You know, Mm -hmm. I think it's a dream for a lot of people, but like, what are the steps that need to be taken? So I'm really excited. Um, that you are going to be so open to this conversation of, you know, the exact steps that you've in the last um, while been taking. But before we jump into kind of all the steps you had to take, how did you even decide on kombucha? Like, where did this come from? Was it like multiple physical um, nutrition product ideas? Or did you always know like, okay, no, I'm a pro kombucha and people are going to want to buy this? I honestly, it's always been kombucha. I was, I was never like, okay, I want to sell something. What is it? I was always, you know, I want to sell my kombucha before I even dove into 
you know, my own nutrition business and being, um, a registered holistic nutritionist, I worked at a health food store and that's kind of where I fell in love with kombucha. Um, but my husband, boyfriend at the time did not necessarily love the bill associated with buying kombucha. (laughs) So I started (laughs) making my own at home. And I remember I just had so much fun with it. I called my Toby, my SCOBY, his name was Toby, uh, Toby, the Scoby. And it was so much fun. I just enjoyed making all these different flavors. And if you make your own kombucha at home, you know that you make about a gallon a week. So I was always giving it away to friends and family and, um, drinking it myself. And I've been doing that since 2019. So I have been making kombucha for a number of years and I've just, I'm constantly being told by friends, like, why don't you sell this? Mm. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I would love to do that. Um, but you know, I have spent the last two years building my nutrition business and I'm like, I don't even know where to start with this kombucha. Um, but it wasn't until August of this past year that I had a friend over and I gave her some kombucha. We were like having dinner and she's like, you really need to sell this. And I'm like, I know it's on my list. It's been on my list for years. And she's like, let's do it together. Like, I really want to actually do this with you. And I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds cool. Um, so that's, um, where this partnership formed with my friend who is now my business partner in this kombucha business as well. And that's kind of how it started, even though it's been on my list forever, I've been making it for myself. And those are kind of the origin stories, but it really started to come to fruition at the end of summer, early fall of this year. Wow. I love that. And I think it's like a really nice motivator too, when it's something you've been doing and people are giving you that positive feedback, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is good because I think so many of us can get in our heads about like, I don't know if anyone really wants this or, you know, is it actually good enough to make this? So getting that affirmation, it's almost Mm -hmm. like you've been like um, market research testing for years. And now like, I'm sure testing it out, testing different flavors out. And then that probably just gives you so much more confidence to take it to that next level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then it was just figuring out what that next level looked like, which we'll certainly be talking about. Yeah. So, okay. You sat down with a friend, she had this idea, like, let, well, let you start this now and let me come on board. So mm-hmm. what does that look like in terms of like, did you have to form an entirely new business um, mm-hmm. with a new business name? And is this like a partnership or maybe you can let people know, like, is this just an extension of your nutrition business that's already been created? Like, what did you need to do kind of as step one to get started? Yeah. So from the beginning, I really wanted something that was totally different from my nutrition business. I wanted it to be totally separate and it is a partnership. So that was the first kind of major difference between my nutrition business and the start of this kombucha business is that I'm doing it with someone else. And I've never really had to ask someone, you know, their opinions on something. I just, if I wanted to do it, I did it. Um, so as much as, you know, it's a really good friend of mine. And she, she certain like, um, when you look at like our Instagram page, it's me, it's mostly me. I'm like more of the face, her interests are in business growth and development and, you know, the, um, creating the business plan and the, the applying for grants and the, the paperwork (laughs) that sounds, maybe she's going to listen to this and she's like, Brittany, I actually hate paperwork. (laughs) Um, no, but she, the the growth of the business is really her baby. And she, um, whereas the product is kind of my baby and it was just such a perfect fusion of our skill sets. Um, and so 
that was step one, uh, picking a name, registering as, as a general partnership. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I guess that was, that was step one. And then it, you know, when it comes to a partnership agreement, that was something that was really important to both of us. Um, she actually doesn't live in the same city as me. So I knew that production, once this business is up and rolling is going to fall on me because this is my product. So, really important to us was to have in writing what this partnership was going to look like, what decision-making was going to look like, mm-hmm. um, what, um, if, you know, if the business hits this sales goal, are we going to reevaluate? Like maybe she is going to have to eventually move to the same city as mm-hmm. the business. And so we have all of those things down in writing, which I think is super, super important. Um, even though we're friends, um, yeah. I think because we are able to be very upfront and honest with one another, which I love. Um, and we also, um, want to protect ourselves down the line as well. Yeah. And I think that's really great to be boundaried, you know, mm-hmm. and to come to it, like each, you know, wanting to succeed together, but also having personal, um, maybe ideas of what you want and then coming mm-hmm. up with an agreement. Do you find that like, you know, maybe thinking about, okay, I could have started this with anyone, like any Mm -hmm. friend. Is there a reason maybe you can see from an outside perspective of like why you and this friend do match? Like, do you think it's like mainly skills, different skill sets, or do you think even like complementary personalities, or is there something that you guys like are are really complementary on together? I would say absolutely. Like the things I, um, excel at, um, and the things she excel at, complement each other super, super well. Um, I'm not like, even in my nutrition business, like I would say, like, I love being a nutritionist, but like on top of that, I'm head of marketing, I'm head of finance, I'm head of all of these things. So having the ability to, you know, um, split some of those responsibilities was really appealing to me. And also have someone that can hold me accountable, um, because, um, I am busy right on the other side and the other business. I just, I needed help. Like, I don't know that I, I could have, you know, done this on my own. Absolutely. But it would have taken a lot longer because I just don't have the manpower to put into, um, as much as we can, if we split our time mm-hmm. and then there's the finances too. having a partner helps with that because I know, I know we're going to chat about it, but starting a product-based business versus a service-based business involves a lot more cost. And mm-hmm. that was something that I maybe didn't anticipate as much as, um, I'm noticing now, but it certainly does help offset the cost as well to have this partnership. Yeah, absolutely. And I would love to dig more into the financial piece. I think that's a question mark. A lot of people have, (laughs) but thank you for talking more about the partnership. I think, um, I think also it's just really good to know yourself and to know how you'll be in a partnership. And if two kind of like self-aware people can come together Mm -hmm. and, um, and create something really amazing. That's going to be great. You know, you, you probably can never know all of the things that might come up, but if you have yeah. a good sense of how you are and how you react to situations and how you can manage yourself, you know, in a business setting, I'm sure that's really just going to benefit the both of you at the end of the day. And what I do, what I really think is super valuable is our ability to, um, air concerns. And for example, you know, I'm just thinking, 
uh, logo development. We have two totally different styles. I'm a bit of a hippie mm-hmm. and I wanted the logo to be like fun and whatever. And I had a certain color palette I was thinking of where she's like a little bit more, I don't want to speak for her, um, but she wanted something a little bit more maybe like professional looking, whereas I wanted something like fun and boho. And we had to really like meet in the middle. Like, what does that look like as a compromise? So when it was like down to logo development, I was like, okay, do you like this? What don't you like? What do you like? And we were able to find something that was like really great. And like in the middle of both of our interests. Um, and I think that that was something that I certainly had to adjust to having to ask someone what they think, or like if I'm posting, like I've been doing most of the social media stuff, although I think she's going to take that over once the product development starts, because that's what I'll be busy with. Um, I'm like, okay, what do you think of this post? Do you think I should post this? And um, we've gotten to a point where she's like, just post, you know what you're doing. (laughs) But, um, I've never had to ask permission or like, we're ordering stuff right now for our renovation product and project. And I'm like, you know, do you mind if I order this? Um, and I've never had to do that before, but, um, on the flip side, it's so, so amazing to have someone to run ideas past Mm -hmm. and to have someone that's, you know, also helping financially and who has that, she's very, um, an amazing, like business minded resource. And when it comes to like, um, planning, like planning her is her thing. Whereas I'm like very fly by the seat of my pants. Like I'll figure it out as I go. Yeah. Uh, So that's, that's a a really great, um, kind of, uh, I want to say like, yeah, exactly. Between the two personalities. Yeah. I love that. And I guess for anyone listening who maybe is interested in creating a product, and selling it. And maybe they want to go more like the sole proprietor, like just do it on their own, maybe having a mentor even, or like somebody that's gone through, like someone like yourself, who's like, okay, I've been through it. So I can help you. Cause I can only imagine just like building a business, building a product based business. You probably have so many lingering questions and I'm sure it can feel like super confusing. Um, just like, what is the next step to take? So mm-hmm. at least you, in your position, you have somebody else to also split the work with and you don't mm-hmm. have to take it all on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's dig into the financial investment piece and feel free, you know, to share whatever feels comfortable to you. Um, I know it is a partnership, so I want to respect, you know, that that both of you maybe have different ideas of, you know, what you want to share publicly. Mm-hmm. But if you can just like give us a broad sense of like, what does this look like? Um, you had mentioned, you know, it's very different from like maybe your nutrition business where you had to get practice better, maybe a meal planning platform and there's monthly costs associated. Like, does this look similar to that? Or is this very, very different in terms of the financial investment? It's pretty different. I, you know, going into my nutrition business, there weren't a lot of startup costs. It it wasn't a huge financial investment. It was a huge time investment to build all of these things on my own. Um, But when it comes to a product-based business, you know, number one, you need a space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you need a commercial kitchen. You can't just make kombucha in your house and sell it um, unless it's an inspected premise with the health unit, um, in, in which case it has, to, we can go into that because this is yeah. the route we've gone, but it has to be a totally separate space in your house where it's 
totally closed off. No pets can access it. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of criteria you need to meet to be an inspected premise. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the first question, right? Do I pay rent or do I renovate a part of my house to be essentially a commercial kitchen? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's costs associated with both. It's either rent or you're buying all of this equipment, a stainless steel sink, a dishwasher, a hand washing sink, mm-hmm. um, everything, mm-hmm. right? So that was kind of the first question we had to have is, do we want to have more of that upfront cost, but less less cost down the road uh, mm-hmm. versus renting or renovating? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one of the biggest um, first steps we decided to go the route of renovating a space in my house to be an inspected kitchen. And I'm so lucky that I have like an amazing health inspector that is so, so supportive and really wants, you know, your health inspector, don't be afraid of them. This is one of my tip for you because I used to always be afraid of like people in positions of authority, right? Mm -hmm. Um, like, Oh, they're going to just shut me down, but that's not what they want. They want Mm -hmm you to do things safely and they want to show you how to do things safely. Mm -hmm. And if they don't understand it, for example, kombucha, I'm sure, I think I'm the first kombucha producer in my city, but you know, they, they work with you. So I sent my health inspector, the blueprints for our kitchen to get approval of that before we did any renovations. And, you know, we get that approved and then we go ahead with purchasing the equipment and, you know, getting a plumber to install the things and an electrician to, it's a process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so certainly that, you know, involves, uh, upfront cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you still have those other things like you would for your nutrition business that like, yeah, we need a website. We need, um, something to store our kombucha in. We need to buy bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, we need the tea and, you know, all of these things have, have a cost to them. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to that product-based business, um, there are, there's certainly, um, there are certainly some costs associated with it, but I think it, when it comes to like my thinking, I'm always thinking, you know, am I, am I thinking short-term or Mm long-term, um, long-term, I think renovating the space in the house makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was thinking more short term, then like maybe I would have gone with um, renting a commercial space. Unfortunately, in my city, there just honestly weren't many commercial spaces available as well and nothing that really would work for what we needed. So yeah, that's the route we decided to go down. And um, I would say, don't be afraid of like the people who are there to help you. I used to, for sure. I'd be like, oh my gosh. She wants to shut me down. Yeah. No, they, they just want to help you and show you how to do things safely. So um, that's been a great experience as well. But also like, you know, there's a few hoops you need to go through as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for explaining all that. And I think it does put it into perspective, you know, um, even with the product-based business, you still need all of those pieces of the puzzle, like the website mm-hmm. and the social media channels and someone managing all that. Plus the addition of all the physical things like the bottles and all of that. Now. What I I have a few questions. The first yeah. one I'm curious about is how did you know exactly what you would need in that um, commercial kitchen you're building in your home? Like, how did you need, or how did you know you needed like a stainless steel sink versus mm-hmm. a regular sink or a hand washing station? Did you do some like research and find out like what is needed in a commercial kitchen? Or once you start working with that um, health official, did they give you all of the instructions? Like, how does that work? 
Mm -hmm. I think I had done some research on my own. Um, Also, to be honest, my husband is a health inspector, so he's insanely helpful. And like, I knew what I needed to do because I, I know how, um, commercial kitchens kind of need to operate just based off of like kind of sharing an office space with him for a couple of years through COVID. Um, but that being said, he is not my health inspector. I always feel like I have to say that because I'm like, people are just going to think I'm like, um, I don't know. He's like, like, no favoritism happening (laughs) here. He, um, if anything, like it's, it's really helped me to recognize, and you know how I said, I used to be kind of like afraid of these people in authority. It's really helped me recognize that like, they really just want to help you. So my health inspector is not my husband, but I'm having him certainly did help me, um, know what I needed to do even before I saw my health inspector. But if you're not married to one, that's okay. Um, (laughs) the first step would be contacting your health unit. And, um, that's what I did. I literally just called the health unit. I was like, Hey, I'm starting, I want to start a kombucha business. Who can I talk to? And they just gave, you know, sent me to another health inspector who is not my husband, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. I want to renovate a section of my house. Is that possible? And, um, we spent like two hours, hour and a half on the phone going through every step of the kombucha making process, where the risks are and how I can mitigate those risks. Um, and I explained the space I was dealing with, what that needed to look like. So, you know, I have a dog in the house. This, our dog can never go in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so she's the one that really walked me through what I needed. Um, so, you know, one of the, one of the things with the health unit is they want you to have a, um, you know, your two or three compartment sink, depending on what kind of services you're providing. Um, and they want a separate hand-washing sink. Mm -hmm. So I need to get a plumber to install a separate hand-washing sink. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, there, you know, there's little things that I need to just like make sure are, um, accessible. And, um, so, having that health inspector, I would say like, do that first Mm -hmm. contact the health unit to know exactly what you need instead of like doing renovations and then being like, Oh, this might not be right. Um, I think it's a questions, ask the questions first. And then, so the next stage, like we have renovations happening next week, actually, because I'm sure, you know, listen, listeners know that when it comes to a renovation project, that's, it's not, doesn't happen quickly. (laughs) Um, so we, um, have renovations happening next week, which is super, super big. And I'm hoping by the end of next week, we will have our commercial kitchen available. And then I have to get the health unit to come in and inspect it Mm -hmm. and we will address anything that comes up. But I'm pretty confident that like, I'm doing everything by the books I've had it approved already. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the next step in our journey right now. That's exciting. I'm sure it's nerve wracking, exciting, all the emotions coming up. Um, And it actually kind of uh, merges really well with the other question I had, which is how do you put yourself in the right mindset to make an investment like this that you aren't 100% sure will succeed? And that's not to cast doubt here because I think you're, I I know you will do well. Like I know you're that type of go-getter person. (laughs) This is going to happen, but just not knowing if something will be approved or maybe not knowing, like, will this product get onto shelves and putting all that financial backing into it? Like, how do you, how do you manage that? I would just love to know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's really interesting because before I answer that question, one of the things I want to mention too is even after we get this commercial kitchen put into our house, the next step is producing kombucha in that space. And I still can't sell it. Once it's produced in that space, I need to send it away for testing. Mm -hmm. And I'm testing for a number of different things. Um, And yeah, what if that testing comes back? For example, um, fermented foods, um, if you don't know, naturally a byproduct of that is alcohol, kimchi, sauerkraut, kombucha. If you buy kombucha in the store, it'll say on the label contains less than 0.5% alcohol. So I need to get the alcohol content tested. I need to get all these things tested. So I'm like, what if it's 0.6% and I can't sell it now? (laughs) So I do have these thoughts. Absolutely. It does help having a business partner um, because I'll be like, oh my gosh, what if the alcohol is too high and we have to reevaluate the formula and it's expensive to get things tested? I have to get it tested again um, once I reformulate the process. Um, I think I'm just taking things day by day um, and knowing that, you know, this is something that's been on my list for so long. And I think it's worth the risk because I think it can do really great things. So my goal eventually is to have a butchery <laughs> instead oh, of a brewery. I want yes. to have a butchery, oh, butchery. I love where that. we have like kombucha on tap and, you know, it's just this really fun environment and we can have healthy snacks because I'm a nutritionist. And mm-hmm. so I have these big, like medium and long-term goals, um, but it all starts here. Right. And Every business involves risk. Uh, Quitting my full-time job and starting a nutrition business had a risk as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It may not have been as much of an upfront financial risk, but it had a long-term risk of like quitting my full-time job and like starting a nutrition business. Um, So I would say like anything worth doing is is often outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're financially able to do it, because like not everyone is, um, I say go for it. And you don't know unless you try. Right. So that's kind of my mindset. It's scary for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm confident in the product Mm -hmm. and I'm confident in my ability to adapt if, you know, say the testing comes back and I need to reformulate what things look like. And it's a very scientific process when it comes to kombucha. Um, but I'll do that. I'll figure Mm -hmm. it out. Um, so yeah. I'll adapt. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, people want to see you succeed. Like mm-hmm. I kind of have that same mentality sometimes with the authority piece or almost like, I think I'm better at this now, but almost like betting against myself for mm-hmm. something to work out. And I've really had to work on being like, no, no, like people want to see you succeed. People want things to get out there. There's enough room for us all to do this. Yeah, sure. Other people are creating kombucha, but that doesn't mean your product can't stand out and be Mm -hmm. really successful in the marketplace. So I think it is like a renegotiating with yourself and your belief system around like, okay, like why not me? And like, Mm -hmm. why couldn't this work instead of almost thinking like the opposite way? So I really, I really do love your perspective here. Even like on the nutrition realm too, right? Like I have friends who are nutritionists and like, are we pitted against each other? No. Like I support them all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to my nutrition work, I always say like, I have a different personality than this person, this person, like there's a reason why someone might gravitate more towards me or them. And if they gravitate more towards them, they'll probably have better success with them and they should go to them. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to try and like steal people away because someone needs to want to work with me. Right. Same goes for kombucha. Like the, the reason I wanted to start this is because 
I see so much kombucha in the stores from these like mass producers that, you know, they're artificially carbonated, like an authentic kombucha, that carbonation process is from the fermented fermentation process and they have too much sugar added. And mm. in mine, it's like, you know, minimal enough to that you, you need some sugar in, in the fermentation process, but I keep it quite small. And I just wanted to create like an authentic product that's small batches. Cause I can just tell the difference in taste in my own when I buy it from the store. And I wanted to share that authentic product with people. Mm. Um, so I think that it comes down to, I guess, like believing in my product and the why. Like I know when I'm talking to clients, you know, I'm always like, I like kombucha for the probiotic benefit, but watch out for this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And with mine, I, I am just, I'm confident in the product. And I also know that it's going to stand out against the competitors. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my heart. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I don't know. And, and really it comes down to, again, those essential skills of marketing and business mm-hmm. and how you're promoting the product. And uh-huh. even, I know you spent a while like, um, asking for feedback on the logo, like knowing mm-hmm. that, you know, something like that's going to attract people differently. Like you said, if it's more like boho style versus mm-hmm. more clean cut professional. So it's like all of these play into it, but just like you said, you can always pivot, right? If there's like mm-hmm. almost everything, it's like 90% of it's working and 10% is it, you can always look at what's happening with the 10% and make that piece work. So yeah, I'm, I'm what's, really excited for you. Yeah. And what's really interesting, I like want to know if I can look it up really quickly. I forget if it's, I think it was Rise or Tonica Kombucha. It was one of the two. Um, and when I was doing my partner, business partner and I, when we were doing this, um, you know, market research for what we wanted the brand to look like, I was looking at some of these other bigger companies and I'm like, where did they start? Mm-hmm. And I forget if it was Rise or Tonica. It was one of the big ones, but their first logo was wild. And <laughs> Their name was, I remember it was called crude essence. Kombucha. Oh, and it was like this kombucha that we know and drink that's com- like available everywhere. Yeah. I'm like crude essence. That's a funny name. Yeah. Know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe it like, sell as well as the other name. <laughs> I was the other one. And I'm like, this is so, this was, it was actually a really great reminder um, for myself and my business partner as well, because we're both a little bit of a perfectionist and mm-hmm. we want this like amazing thing before we put it out. Absolutely. But also um, I am really aware that like, you know, our, our bottles might change, our colors might change and you know, that's okay too. Um, but yeah, so the version one to get to the perfected version 10 or whatever that looks like. Absolutely. So yeah, it's just doing what resonates with you. And, um, I think that, I don't know, I'm super happy with how things are developing and, you know, it could shift just like my nutrition business, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to start your nutrition business, but have no idea what steps you need to take? 
No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. The last question I had kind of around more of the like actual like product creation piece is Mm -hmm. how are you sourcing like the bottles or how are you sourcing the tea or um, again, I'm not like a kombucha master. So (laughs) forgive me if I say this wrong, but like, you know, do you need to like create like multiple SCOBYs? Like how are you like, how much time do you need to put in and how are you even sourcing all of these things? Like, is there a website that you literally go to and you're like bottles and then Mm -hmm. they get shipped to you? Or is this all like a very different route that you have to take? Yeah. You know what? It's been a huge learning experience because as well, I need to think about like, okay, when I'm making kombucha for myself at home, I'm making them in these one gallon glass jars. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, am I going to do that on a larger scale? Am I going to have like 20 gallon glass jars? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to, you know, shift a little bit so that I can produce in a more efficient way? Or, you know, when it comes to flavors, when I had flavored it on my own, I, I'm terrible for writing recipes down, but I need that. I need to have all the recipes down. They need to be lab tested. They need to be repeatable. I need a HACCP plan, just like this risk plan. Like it's a process. So, and when I was making it for myself, I'm adding fruit directly to the bottles. It's fermenting in those bottles. Um, And then, you know, when I go to drink it, I'm straining the fruit out. If anyone makes their own kombucha at home, they'd be familiar with this process. But now I'm like, okay, People don't want to strain the fruit out. What do I do? And how can I create this on a larger scale? So some of the flavors I'm looking at, like one of them uh, that is like a a big favorite amongst taste testers (laughs) is this, uh, is a orange turmeric flavor. So I'm like, great, I'm going to buy turmeric root and oranges and I'm going to juice them myself. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've started doing. My fingers are yellow um, all the time and I love it. But then I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, would it make more sense if I bought an organic orange juice and did a turmeric powder? Let's try that. And so I'm really refining these recipes and, you know, the turmeric powder results in more sediment and you have to like kind of swirl the bottle. I'm like, do I love that? Um, so it's really like, I really want to create this authentic product. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm leaning towards the, the juicing, but those are the questions I need to to ask myself. And, you know, another flavor that I'm really um, excited about is like this pineapple spirulina and it's like finding that right ratio and um, yeah, where to source it. So Mm-hmm. That was the first challenge is like figuring out how to scale it up. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I honestly, like I reached out to other like micro brewers around Canada and the U S mm-hmm. like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And some really great people like agreed to meet up with me on zoom. Some people never responded to my messages and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people are like, yeah, let me share with you what I do. Mm-hmm. And I just found that so amazing and so helpful. Um, and what we do in the first year might look different than what we do in the second year as we begin to even scale up more. Right. Um, so that was the first challenge. Um, 
And the second challenge was bottles. I Mm. thought this was going to be so easy. I'd just be like, type in bottle wholesaler in Canada and get them shipped to me. It wasn't as easy as that. Um, there's a number of different companies to go to. You're making phone calls. You're you know, getting samples sent to you. I needed to make sure this bottle could withstand pressure because it's a carbonated beverage. I also needed to make sure that it had a specific type of lining that would create um, a pressurized seal. Wow. Um, and then when it came to the bottles, this probably took me a month to find the f- perfect bottle because uh, me and my business partner, but um, because... I didn't realize that like shipping glass bottles to Northern Ontario is insanely expensive. Do they break or do they, is there like issues with? It's just expensive because you have to go with this specific distributor or like um, delivery service um, so that they don't get broken. Okay. So if you can imagine the cost of a bottle, you you know, multiply that times three and that's the cost of the shipping. It's like way more than the cost of the bottles. So then, you know, you're having to navigate, like, is it, does it make more sense for me to like literally drive eight hours to go pick (laughs) up these bottles? Um, because I live in remote Northern Ontario. Yeah. Um, so that was another obstacle that we've overcome. Mm -hmm. I have hundreds of bottles waiting for me in the basement. (laughs) Um, and the last obstacle that I'm actually still kind of navigating is tea. Um, I really am passionate about a good quality, like organic tea. And there's, um, again, looking into different tea wholesalers in Canada. And I have two that I'm like, kind of trying to decide upon right now. Um, and it's basically coming down to a combination of quality cost and availability, because like, if something runs out, then like, I'm really like, I need that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Some of the flavors I'm looking into as well are like herbal. So like a lavender peppermint or like a rose sage. Those are two of my favorites right now. And, you know, one company I was looking at doesn't have lavender in stock. It's sold out. I'm like, well, how often does this happen? Like it can't, it can't really have that happen. And then the other company I'm looking at doesn't sell lavender at all. So I'm like trying to find the best of both worlds. Um, So, and then when it comes to the SCOBY front, um, if anyone is familiar with growing SCOBYs, um, you can grow them. So I, I have kombucha again that I, I have been making for years and they multiply with every single batch. So I'm peeling off layers. I'm putting them in other jars. Like my basement looks like a science experiment. It's just like <laughs> tons of glass jars everywhere. And I've started to, you know, accumulate all of these SCOBYs in anticipation of kombucha production. So, and there's still ways that this can all change down the road, right? Like if we end up with different sized fermenters, it takes different amounts of time. Um, some again, like even small kombucha businesses, they'll, they'll add CO2 for their carbonation and not do the second ferment in the bottles. And, um, yeah, so I would say that the bottles, the tea, you know, nailing down the process of getting like, you know, fruit versus fruit juices. What am I going to use to flavor it? Um, and yeah, those are all things that we've kind of had to navigate. And I think we're almost there. (laughs) And even just little things that you wouldn't think about, honestly, like I'm going to be making 14 gallons of tea at a time. And as per health unit guidance, I need to be able to cool that tea within two hours. So I'm like, do we get a fridge that I can like put this into so it can cool quickly? Or do I look at, you know, I'm 
sometimes you're looking at like brewery equipment, like for beer and like cooling coils that I can like cool this down quickly and things that I didn't have to think about when I'm making my own at home. So, um, yeah, we've got all those things ordered and on the way. So it's just, things come up and you just gotta, um, adapt. I'm so impressed. Like listening to you talk about this, it's like a master doing their work. <laughs> like, and I'm sure there's been lots of headaches and oh, yeah. you know, like, like teary nights where you're like, what am I doing? But just to like hear somebody so in their passion is like, <laughs> I don't know. So inspirational. And, um, I I'm assuming you have a lot of, um, good spreadsheets and ways to keep track of this. Cause even just hearing you say this, I'm like, there's so many, it's like, you almost need this one thing to do this other thing to do this other thing. And I can imagine it almost feel just like starting a business. It's like, do I have to create my logo to make my business card to do this? It's like that on a different scale. And I just know how overwhelming people can get, but almost to see you just like riding the wave and being like, this is part of it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to learn and I'm going to adapt. And so will my, my business partner. And just to hear that you are making progress is just, yeah, I'm, I'm very inspired. And like, I feel like if anybody needs to create a product, they can go to you and you can now mentor them if that's ever something you wanted to do. Oh my gosh. I love it. You know what? It's a lot of like, um, it's a lot of learning. Cause like I said, like I've, I've been doing this for years for myself on a small scale, but I remember in the, in the earlier stages, I had a meeting with my business partner with, um, this, um, seller of microbrewery equipment. They like set up breweries and they do kombucha as well. And they have some kombucha stuff. So we were talking to this person. I was like, okay, yeah, no, this sounds great. Like you need this, this, and this, I'll send you a quote. And he sent us this crazy, like so expensive quote, trying to sell us everything. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you really need to navigate. Like, is this person just trying to t- sell me something? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that system that he wants to set us up for is probably like a good midterm goal. Mm -hmm. And it's really like establishing like where you want to start too, because Mm -hmm. like I want to start, um, and not, you know, be super, super stressed because you can start small, you can start medium, you can go big right off the gate, but it depends on how much you want to invest off the bat. Right. Yeah. Um, So I remember feeling so overwhelmed after that meeting and I'm like, oh, this is a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I just had to take a step back and be like, okay, you know, what do I know? My kombucha tastes good right now. And, you know, where on the scale that I want to start at, what does that look like? Yeah. And I think when it comes to starting any type of product, if, you know, if whoever is listening, like, remember, you know, where you're starting, it's not going to be the same as where you end up. We have like these, um, starting goals. We have midterm goals and we have long-term goals. Like eventually I want to see our product all over Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take to get there, but Mm -hmm. I mean, you heard it here first guys. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's the goal. So That's why it's really exciting. Like I would love, and we are planning to do another episode once things are hopefully up and running because, you know, like I said to you, I think, I don't know if I said this in the episode or before we started recording, like we have renovations happening next week, everything. Mm -hmm. We have the plumber, the electrician, we have contractor all coming in next week and it's going to be a crazy week. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it's going to be so great to see all of these months of planning finally, you know, um, coming to fruition and having this space. And it's things like, you don't even think you need, like, I didn't even think that I would 
we needed to get like a range hood because there's going to be so much steam produced from creating mass amounts of tea and we don't want the ceiling to get moldy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I hadn't thought about that. Or like we got like a pot filler for where production's actually going to happen. So like I can just put the pot filler right behind the pot to make my life easier and not have to carry 14 gallons, which I don't know if I physically could. Yeah. Um, so those small things. So that's yeah. all happening next week. After that, we can start producing in that space and then send it away for testing. And if everything comes back well, we can start selling. Yeah. Um, and right now I'm finalizing labels. So mm-hmm. I'm still in the middle of all of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's going to be more things that come up. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping the next time we chat, we'll have um, a product that's out on the shelf and, um, I can share with you how that process went as well. Yeah. I, I would be so happy to have, well, definitely part two will be coming, you know, in the next months or however long it takes yes. for that to happen. Um, but I'm just so grateful that you came on, you know, kind of in like Although I was going to call it the messy middle of it, but it doesn't seem that messy. You seem pretty organized and everything's going, but just to have somebody in the process, I think is really great. Cause I think sometimes when we're almost like too far beyond something that happened, we kind of forget and we're like, oh yeah, it was pretty difficult. There were some bumps in the road, but like, you know, here's that finished product. So I'm just so grateful to you to be here sharing with my community and, you know, your fellow colleagues of Mm -hmm. what this could look like if somebody else wanted to try it. And then being open enough to come back and say, this is how we, we took those next steps. So thank you again for coming on and, and sharing so much. And we'll definitely um, get that part two um, in the books for mm-hmm. the coming months. Um, in the meantime, where can people learn more about the kombucha, maybe more about you and your practice and also your podcast, like anything you want to share right now, feel free to share. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, this is maybe something that would be good to cover on the next episode is how I balance everything once it's up in production, because there's a lot going on. Um, So in terms of the kombucha business, it's called Bloom Kombucha Co. That was another thing, finding the name. So Mm -hmm. Bloom to me represents that like symbiotic nature of kombucha and that blooming scoby, but also it's like pretty and Mm -hmm. um, elegant. And um, so we bloom kombucha co um is our instagram handle currently working on a website so that's in production but you can follow along on instagram and this is something that i said to you before we started recording in that i wanted to get the instagram page up before like part mm-hmm. of me in the perfectionist side was like no i don't want to put this out until it's ready and then the other side i'm like no let's bring people on this journey let's show them the choices of bottles let's yeah. have them vote on logos which like you've been voting yeah. on and we finally have our looks, logo looks great too i'm really impressed with the, the <laughs> final logo <laughs> and like you saw like from the beginning what those first concepts looked mm-hmm. like versus where we ended up mm-hmm. so um i love the instagram page for that and like it's um it's really bringing people along on the journey. So you better believe I'm going to be on there next week, um, <laughs> showing everyone the renovation project. Yes. Absolutely. Um, fingers crossed. Everything goes well. Renovations. I feel like never go according to plan, but I'm really, really hopeful. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, yeah, if you want to follow along with me, um, my nutrition page, I'm super active on, and I share a lot of my kombucha stuff on there too. Um, it's, um, at holistic Brit nutrition, um, Brit with two T's. Um, my website is the same holistic Brit nutrition. I also have a podcast that you yourself inspired me to start, um, called Mm -hmm. the balance with Brit podcast, where I just talk about all things, holistic health and wellness from, you know, digestive and gut health to mental health and everywhere in between. 
Um, and yeah, I think that's everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to make sure I put it all in the show notes for people to follow along. I'm definitely going to be following along. I'm excited for the renos. I do hope you share behind the scenes. And um, by the time this episode goes live, you should probably be in the middle of all that. So let's all send Brittany some nice. positive thoughts about the whole process. And yeah, can't wait to have you on soon for part two. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.